You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Today I want to share with you about His presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is not here today, there's no reason for us to gather together. But we can have church, we can have a gathering of believers because the precious Holy Spirit is here. Yes, we should accommodate people and see that they can sit on a chair and, and be comfortable. But the person that should feel most welcome is the Holy Spirit. How many times do we do things that does not make the Holy Spirit feel welcome? The truth is, if you were aware of God's presence that's with you the whole time, you would not misbehave. Your speech would be different, your behavior would be different, your actions would be different if you were aware of the Holy Spirit that's with you at all times. The truth is, He is with you the whole time. Amen? Psalm 139 verse 5 says, You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? presence. You know, the Holy Spirit does not just want to come and visit your heart. He wants to stay in your heart. He wants to make your heart His home. Are you aware of God's presence that wherever you go, God is with you? You know, in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, when they sinned, the Holy Spirit departed. That's why you hear David praying in Psalm 51, do not let your spirit depart from me after he had sinned. But in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So God, the Spirit is with us the whole time, but as you become more obedient, the Holy Spirit is with you, manifesting in you and through you and with you more and more. Do you love the Holy Spirit? Do you love His presence? Were you aware of the Holy Spirit during worship? The Spirit of Jesus is the Spirit of worship. Amen. So when we exalt Him and magnify Him, His presence will always come when we glorify Him. Many people today, they want a touch from the Holy Spirit. Heal me, bless me, help me. But they just don't want to be His friend. Are you ready to be the friend of the Holy Spirit? Many people want a touch from Jesus, but they don't want to be Jesus' friend. Touch me on a Sunday, but during the week, just leave me to do what I want to do. Human spirit, man will fail without the Holy Spirit being involved. So under the old covenant, when man sinned, the Holy Spirit departed. But under the new covenant, Paul says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians 4, verse 30. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, so you can follow in your Bible or you can just follow in the overhead. It says, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you and Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life. When you read a scripture, 
if you really want to understand it, they say read the pretext and the post-text, then you'll understand the context. So let's just go to verse 29. It says, and never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourages others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. So one way where we grieve or when we grieve the Holy Spirit or how we can grieve the Holy Spirit is through ugly words. A matter of fact, every time you speak, you are either lifting up or you're breaking down. Every time you are saying things, you are either declaring a blessing or you're declaring a curse. Are you aware of that? That's why we have to be very careful what we say. Because life and death lies in the power of the tongue. But when you are listening to the Holy Spirit, those promptings will be there. You know, sometimes you can say things that can offend people. We have to be careful that we not deliberately offend people when we say things. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Sometimes people say, I just speak my mind, that's who I am. Don't speak your mind, speak the Spirit. Amen? Because sometimes what's going on in your mind we know is not good. Sometimes it's even dangerous to speak your heart because the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. If you're holding offense in your heart, you'll filter everything through offense. That's why you have to allow the Word of God. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword to be able to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. So when you read this, it will quickly show out what's going on here. Can we go to verse 31? So when it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, now it's going to tell us what grieves the Holy Spirit. Lay aside bitter words. Bitter besi. Bitter words. Temper tantrums. Anybody knows what that is? I wonder. We must never seen one of those. Temper tantrums. Revenge. Profanity. Profanity is it's, it's vulgar words. It's when people are blaspheming and insults. But instead, be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. The New King James says, as Christ has forgiven you, forgive. So the things that we say are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Things that's going on in our hearts. Bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, jealousy. These are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. That does not mean He stops loving you. He still loves you. It's like a child. You know, when, when your, your child has been naughty and it hurts your heart, you don't cut them out of your life. You still love them and take care of them, but they've grieved you. Do you know what I'm talking about? So we have to be sensitive when it comes to those kind of things. What's coming out of your mouth? The Holy Spirit is... A person, it's not a, it's not a dove, it's not a cloud, it's not a wind. The Holy Spirit is a person. A matter of fact, many people here on earth that have said they've had an encounter with Jesus, they saw Jesus. What you saw was not Jesus, it was the Holy Spirit because Jesus is in heaven right now. Can I have one amen? You know, Jesus died, rose from the dead, then he went to heaven, then the Holy Spirit came. Jesus said, 
if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Holy Spirit, they are the same. Amen? So oftentimes when people say, I saw Jesus, it's actually the Holy Spirit that you've seen. They look the same. It's the same person. Are you sensitive towards the Holy Spirit? What is it that you've allowed into your life? Things that you are saying, things that you are doing, wrong habits, that's grieving the Holy Spirit. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love the Holy Spirit. Tell them again, say, I love the Holy Spirit. Listen what the Amplified says. The Amplified says, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper and resentment, anger, animosity and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention and slander, evil speaking, abusive and blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will and baseness of any kind. We want to be a church where the Holy Spirit will feel welcome. We want to do everything not to grieve the Holy Spirit, but to make Him happy. You know, we are very quick to tell God what we want from Him. But do we know what God requires of us? I want us to be a church that will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Very sensitive. You know, when you look at these things, a lot of these things, strife, contentions, it's the world that we live in today. Who have you got angry on your way to work this week? Come on, be honest, raise your hand. Okay, you don't go to work, you don't travel. Somebody's driving you to work, <laughs> amen. Luke 17 says, offense will come to everybody. Everybody. There's things coming against your heart because the devil wants to take control of this. Offense, resentment. You know what's resentment? Resentment is when you keep people at a distance. Who are those people that you're keeping at a distance? Just double blink at me. Amen. You don't have to. Am I talking to the right people? We, we want to be a church that's ready when Jesus comes. A church without spot, without wrinkle, without any blemish. Family, listen to me. You might be able to say no to sin. You might be serving God for a long time and you're at a place where you say, you know, I've got it all together. I can say no to certain things. You can say no to sin, but you cannot say yes to righteousness unless the Holy Spirit is involved. And that's what we need. If you are truly born again and you want to be a Christian, he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit to come and sanctify your heart. When you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart, with your mouth you make confession unto salvation, but with your heart you believe unto righteousness. When you believe that Jesus died for you and that he was made alive. This is what we need. To be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in our behavior how we talk to people. It's so important. We cannot just go according to the letter. We live in a world where there's so much strife, contention, fighting. You know what Proverbs says? He says, where there's strife, the root of strife is pride. Ainah. Pride is the number one enemy of any Christian because you cannot draw close to God when there's pride in your heart. 
If you don't want to say amen, you can say "Aina." We live in a community where people sometimes think, if I don't make it difficult for somebody, they won't learn. Am I talking to the right people here? I tell the staff at the church, let's make it easy. Sometimes it's easy for you to do something and something else is difficult for that person. Make it easy for them. Don't make it difficult. Am I talking to the right people here? The Holy Spirit came to make it easy, not difficult. Easy. But when there's not love in our hearts, we want to make it difficult. Pride makes the Holy Spirit grieve. You grieve the Holy Spirit when you keep a grudge. Are you still angry with somebody this, from this year? You want 2024 to be your best year ever. Let me see. Who wants 2024 to be their best year ever? What is there that you have to leave in 2023 that will slow you down in 2024? Grudges, unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, disappointments. Don't do it on the 31st of December. Do it now. And get that heart light and let it go. Amen? We grieve the Holy Spirit by our pride when we don't want to let go. When we say, God, I know you have forgiven that person, but I know they don't need forgiveness. Because what they did was just unacceptable. What is pride when we consider ourselves more than God? When we care more about our image than our destiny? When you care more about your image than your destiny? Your future is linked to forgiveness. When you care more about your ambitions than your salvation? Am I talking to the right people here? Not a lot of amens here today. Just smile at me once. Just give me a smile that I can just... Give me a Holy Ghost smile. If we're going to be a church that's going to please God... We need the Holy Spirit. We know we need Him, but we don't always realize how much we need Him. There's a responsibility that comes to our side where we have to turn to God, where you have to make a decision and say, God, I'm going to turn to you. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, when one turns to the Lord, many times we turn to different alternatives. But all those things will just disappoint you. The Bible says when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all with unveiled face. Turn to the person next to you and say, we all. Do you want to change and be more like Jesus? Do you want more of the working of the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you something. You're going to have to come to church. Because the Bible says not we on our own. It says we all. It's when we come together, iron sharpens iron. On your own, you become weird. Because when you're on your own and you're talking in that room and you're on your own, guess whose voice is the only voice you're hearing? Your own voice echoing there. Nothing's going to work out. Nothing's going to work out. Nothing's going to work out. Everybody is against me. Everybody is against me. Everybody is against me. Hmm? 
It's there where you need somebody next to you to say, no, God is for you. He's going to help you. Let me stand with you and pray with you. Let's take those thoughts, negative thoughts captive and bring in line with the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you're on your own, speaking to yourself the whole time, and you're only hearing your own voice, come weird. Matter of fact, Proverbs says, a man that isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. Proverbs 18 verse 1. But it says, we all with unveiled faces beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What happens? It says, when you look into this, the mirror, the Word, you'll see who you really are and what God is saying about you. And then you'll start to change and you'll move from glory to glory. I don't... I don't believe that when it comes to certain attributes of God, like righteousness and holiness and God's glory, that there's levels. Because if you, I believe you can grow in revelation of righteousness, revelation of how holy God is, revelation of His glory. You can grow in revelation of that. But God cannot become more righteous and more holy because by default that would mean that there is some unrighteousness or unholiness in him if he has to grow from that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you're in God's presence, you're in his holiness, the degree of what you experience, that revelation, God can break that open to you. So when the Bible says we are growing here from glory to glory, I believe God is taking us from the glory that where we lived under the law. Because the Bible says there was a certain degree of glory accounted to the law. But he's taking us from that glory to the glory that's in Christ Jesus. And too many people are still living under the law. But when the law came, sin revived and I died. 2 Corinthians 3, just a little bit earlier, it says, Not that I'm sufficient or that my sufficiency comes from myself, but my sufficiency comes from God who's made me a minister of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The next verse says that the law that was inscribed on the tablets that brought death. So the law brought death. Everybody thinks they can do it. Israel said, oh, those 10 commandments, we can do it. I mean, Moses is not even up the mountain, and they've broken the first two already. So it's, relying on the presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you relying on the presence of the Holy Spirit? Turn to the person next to you and say, I need the Holy Spirit. But I don't always realize how much I need Him. If you want to become spiritual, you cannot become spiritual without the help of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when the Word became flesh, and it manifested, and we could see its glory. It was full of grace and truth. Turn to the person next to you, say grace and truth. The 16 says, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Who of you need some double grace? Turn to the person next to you, say grace, grace. Turn to the person on the other side, say grace, grace. Grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
Family, as a church, we have to move away from that glory that where we're under the law, where we're judging people, where we're condemning people, to a place where we can experience God's grace and truth. Can I have one amen? amen. Philippe, come here quickly. Um, Hendrik, kom And who else wants to be a part of this? Let's have somebody on this side. Yes, come, sir. Okay, um, Hendrik, you be grace. Come stand in the middle. He's been serving Jesus for a long time. You can be grace. Thank you. you are going to be the law. And you will be truth. We need one more person. Oh, no, no. Hmm? France, okay, France, come. Come stand here. Okay. Hallelujah. Have I got it right here now? So the Bible says, through Moses came the law. And when the law came, sin revived and I died. Come this side. You stand here. This is representing all of you. Mankind. Before Jesus came, the Lord judged us. The Lord judged us. Moses. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. I remember at a stage I had the Ten Commandments up in my office. And every time I wanted to read my Bible and pray, and I looked up at those Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And I could just feel the guilt and the condemnation. And at a stage I'm just going to take it away. And I took them away. Because when we stand here, the law is judging us the whole time. It's judging us the whole time. So he says, through Moses the law came, and we stand here judged. Now he says, okay, go there. Here is the law now. Here's grace. Grace is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. Here's the truth. Jesus is also the truth. Am I right? The truth is all of us should die. All of us should die. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We all deserve that punishment. So that's never going to change. Jesus is still the truth. Every promise is still true. But what's the difference now? Here's the law that wants to judge me. Here's the truth. I'm guilty. But here's grace standing. Here's grace standing. It's because of this grace that we are now protected. Can you see that? Can you see why it's so important? Yes, give the Lord a hand. I can say so much about it. Jesus, when he came, he came to fulfill the law. When you look at Isaiah, he grew as a little plant. The Bible says, in the hard ground, which is the law. Remember when Jesus caught the woman in the act of adultery, he wrote in the, in the ground, the hard, the law, the hard. He says he grew up in that hard ground, started growing up the little plant here. He didn't break one of the laws. The law is the plumb line. What, is the, uh, what do you use when you got a new plant? You, you've got a plumb line or a yardstick that you push in there so that the plant can grow next to it. Am I right? So that's what Jesus did. As he grew up, he grew up with the law. He didn't break one of them. The plant was growing, growing next to it here perfectly. But he said he came to fulfill the law. What, what happens when that tree is mature? 
You take the, the rod away that's keeping the plants straight. That's what happened. Jesus fulfilled the law, then that rod was taken away. Now he says, you're not living under the law anymore. You're going to live under grace. Not under law, you're under grace so that you don't have to be under condemnation. So every time you do something wrong, what, guess what's happened? His grace is speaking for you. His mercy is speaking for you. His forgiveness is speaking. His righteousness is speaking. When you make a mistake, you don't run to the law. You don't run to people. When you make a mistake, you turn to the Lord and you run to Him and you say, please forgive me. And He forgives you immediately. Amen. Has this helped you? Wonderful. Give the Lord a hand for them. You may take your seat. John 3, John 3.16, you all know that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe would not perish but could experience eternal life. Verse 17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Turn to the person next to you and say, Stop condemning the world. Can I just say it again? Stop condemning the world. When somebody walks in here from the world, they should feel welcome. They should experience the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus. Can I have an amen, family? When people come in here, Jesus came for sinners. And you have forgotten that you were a sinner at one stage. John 12, 46 says, I've come as a light into, into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. This is our assignment. When you go into the world, yes, there's darkness, but remember, light expels darkness. The blessing is greater than the curse. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, all of you, come to me. He said, come to me. Did he say, first sort out all your nonsense, and then you come to me? Hmm? Did he say, first start to live a holy life, then you come to me? Did he say, all of you that are praying righteous prayers, are only church every Sunday, and never do anything wrong, you come to me? No, he didn't say any of that. He said, you that are on drugs, Come to me. You that are confused about who you should be, come to me. You that are caught up in sin and addiction, drugs, pornography, come to me. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you Jesus in your heart, and then all those things will just fall away. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But some of you don't trust the Holy Spirit. You think you can do the job of the Holy Spirit better than what He can do it. But you have forgotten. He's the one who made you. The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. He designed you, made you, put you together and gave you life. But we think we can do it better than Him. Now let me just first... He says, take my yoke upon you. He says, that yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not going to put a heavy burden on you. Listen to me. His yoke is easy. His yoke is easy. To come to Jesus is easy. Turn to the person next to you. Say, to come to Jesus is easy. Turn to the person on the other side. Say to them, to be a disciple. That's a different story. And sometimes we confuse the two. Amen? But for people to come to Jesus should be easy. But when it comes to discipleship, oh, take up your cross now. Now we're talking, now we're talking a whole different ballgame. But now you've got the Holy Spirit in your life who's empowering you to go and do what you have to do. Why do you think Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power. Then go into the world. Before that, couldn't get anybody saved in Samaria. Judge the woman when Jesus was talking to her. Remember, under the law, under the old covenant. Oh, Jesus. Talking to a woman. If you just know who that woman is. Am I talking to the right people here? Remember Simon, when he invited Jesus to his house with his whole program that he had ready that day? Then suddenly a woman walked in there with some perfume, messed up the whole day. What did Simon say? If he's a prophet, you would know who's touching him. Am I talking to the right people here? Suddenly got all religious there. If he was a man of God, he would know. If Simon only knew that Jesus came for people like that. I'm not even going to go in and say it. He said, Simon, you've done all of this. But let me tell you what this woman has done. You've done it from here. But everything she did, she did from here. And guess what moved me? What she was busy doing. Turn to the person next to you say, listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Somebody could walk into our house here and people can say, oh, if he was just a pastor, if he was a man of God, he would know what kind of people have come into his church. We want those people to come because we trust the Holy Spirit to work in their lives, to convict and to convince and to work in them and with them and through them. Give the Lord a hand. Jesus said, I'm closing with this. He said, the peace that I give you is not the peace of the world. And people are running after the peace in this world, whereas God wants to give his peace to his people. He says, the peace that I give you is not the peace of this world. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's why we want people to come into God's presence. Because as soon as they're in God's presence... The Holy Spirit can start to work. The Holy Spirit can start to touch a heart. The Holy Spirit can start to reveal things to them. The Holy Spirit can show them a prophetic picture of their good future. And they can start holding on to that. Why do you think Moses, even in the Old Testament, said, we're not going into the promised land unless your Holy Spirit, your presence, goes before us? What did the whole nation of Israel, type of the church, say to Joshua? If God is with you, we're going with you. But if God is not with you, and I really believe the church of the end times is a church where the Holy Spirit should feel more welcome than anybody else. It's a people 
that wants to worship God in spirit and in truth. You cannot worship God in spirit and in truth without the help of the Holy Spirit. A matter of fact, when you're a Christian, you'll realize that every advancement in your life is because of the Holy Spirit working in you, with you, and through you. Every advancement is because of the grace of God. When you can give love, it's because Romans 5 says, He has poured out His love into our hearts. When we lift up holy hands to bless a holy God, it's because He has made us holy. And we can only give to God what comes from God. That's why we need the working of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. That working is not difficult. When He starts to work on the inside of you and He empowers you, go read the book of Acts and bring me a scripture where one of the disciples ever complained, ever murmured when they did any Christian service. Because once you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit for Christian service, you'll have the strength, the ability to go the full distance. And I believe if we pray that prayer every day and we ask God, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me. Enter my soul. Empower me for Christian service. Empower me for what I have to do. Act in me that my thoughts will be holy. Act in me that my words will be holy. Act in me that my deeds will be holy. He will respond and start to act and work in us and through us. Are you ready to welcome the Holy Spirit into your life? To not just cry out when you need help, but to make Him your friend. It's not about just seeing His works, but it's about learning His ways. I've got one minute left. I don't want to go over. I know it's been a long service here. But you know, Acts 19, Paul arrives on the scene and there's 12 people serving God. And he asks them, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they say, we've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. He says, then how were you baptized? They said, no, we were baptized in John's baptism. He says, no, no, no. That was just unto repentance to tell you about the one that will come, the Messiah, the anointed one. And after he had shared it with them, they received the Holy Spirit and they started praying in tongues, is what the Bible says. Sometimes we can be involved in Christian service with a good heart, but not do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us do everything in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we have conversations, let us be aware that the Holy Spirit is with us. When you're aware that the Holy Spirit is with you, you will not misbehave. You'll be very sensitive to what you say, what you do, how you respond. When we give Jesus the rightful place in our heart, everything will start to change in Jesus' mighty name. Siela, let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.